Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, we're here. here. Yes, we are. (laughs) Taking it away again. That's Uh, right. Yep, yep. So it's been a couple of weeks, boy. I mean, there was a part of me that was going, oh, yes, I, I, I this has been taken care of, so I don't have that, you know, stress of trying to get everything ready for the, the show. But then I missed it. It was kind of yeah. an oxymoron. So, <laughs> so that's kind of my my feeling right now. It's like, oh. So nice. what's going on on the end, your end of the world and how is weeks off been for you in terms of this yeah. show? Well, yeah, I'm, you know, everything's pretty much the same. Um, I've, I got my edits back on my current work in progress. So I have, um, I have some work to do around my, my book, my next book. And then at the same time, my current book that was just officially released, well, I guess, its official release date is Monday, but the book that uh, Guian and I wrote together is called Life Ritualized, and that is uh, that's out now. Like they've been delivered, even though it, the, its release date is Monday. Like I have copies at Milk and Honey, and it's you know officially here. It's pretty exciting. So it's interesting mm-hmm. timing. Like it's Mercury retrograde, and I have edits to do, and my I have my book in my hands well so it's just funny timing you know to have all those things sort of happen right now I've had a lot of um, book related big moments with with Llewellyn with my publisher during Mercury retrograde and I was born during Mercury retrograde so I kind of think that that's apropos to use a fancy word that makes sense you know so I don't know that's kind of fun and interesting Um, and so I'm taking a little bit of time away from working the floor in the shop you know I'm I'm obviously I work I do shop business every day I'm always like 
doing numbers or updating the website or buying stuff or going into um, stage things or bring it, you know, bring in new orders or price things. Like I'm constant every day I'm, I'm working for the shop, uh, but I've decided to not work on the floor, not to help customers for the next couple of weeks so I can do my edits. So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like a weird vacation, but it's not. <laughs> Yeah, because I still yeah. have to do all that work. I just won't be interacting with, while we're open with people, so it's kind of weird. But um, I feel, to be honest, I feel so blessed that I have that capacity. I just mm-hmm. feel very blessed that I can say, okay, I'm not going to focus on this right now, so I can focus more on this and get this done. Um, you know, and I think I mentioned this on our last call, but I started up a mentorship. I'm working with someone who's mentoring me. Um, because my, my, like the COVID has really caused my daily practice to fail. And, you know, I have some general malaise and unrest and I just, I'm finding it hard to find my joy in my spiritual practice. So I signed up with this person who I trust and admire to do some mentoring. And um, that's been really delightful. So I'm finding like a little spark of interest in daily practice. I'm doing on my Instagram account, actually, this is so cute. So there is a book reviewer named Kyler, Kyle. Oh shoot. I'm not going to remember his last name. Kyler, Kyle. Anyway, I'll look it up. He uh, reviewed walking in beauty and then he's done several rounds of a 30 day beauty challenge on his Instagram account because he really enjoyed the book and, and so he's currently doing a 30-day beauty challenge. So every day he's posting something he finds beautiful on Instagram. Uh, and so I'm inspired by him. So I started doing a 30-day <laughs> beauty challenge on my Instagram. And every day I'm posting. I'm only on, like, I'm on day four today. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, today I posted a stack of books. And yesterday I posted a video of the rain. You know, so it's for me, beauty comes in lots of shapes and forms. It's not just like, look at this pretty flower or look at this beautiful sunset. Like there's, there's a wide range of things that are beautiful. So that's been really inspiring to be in that challenge. I'm finding Instagram challenges a really good way to do daily practice because you're kind of accountable <laughs> right? via social right. media to keep doing it. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the work stuff and the fun stuff and the witch stuff, you know, all of that. Um, life just keeps going, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what's up with me. How about you? Yeah. Did you did you do any in bulk witchiness this last couple weeks? No, gosh, no. It was it was kind of well. I did and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. This is where the the reality of I was so accustomed to working in my little group of people, and they all have splintered off. And then before that, there were just three of us, and we were like the triad. And then that mm. broke apart, except for two, the one person and myself. And we hung in, and yeah. unfortunately, COVID has taken that pretty much. It hasn't thrown it away, but it has definitely taken it in more internal. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was looking at different things and, you know, online ones that, you know, groups of people that I know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I wound up not because I wound up getting a, I decided I was going to buy a new tarot deck mm-hmm. that I would use when I did readings at um, 
through the Lucky Mojo Missionary Independent Spiritual Church aspect because mine there was getting so old and it wasn't turning over. The wax on the on the cards was gone. And, you know, there is a way to, to rejuvenate it with wax. I just, you know, to me, that's, I, come, I somehow go, no, I think you're trying to say you're dying and you want to let yeah. go and need me to, to release you, that kind of thing, instead of, like, resuscitate you with the, you know, the little electrodes thing. Um, so I chose a deck that I've been looking at for years and years and years and years, the Morgan Greer deck. And so yeah. I brought it home and I put it on my Hakate altar and I left it with her while I waited for Imbal. And then of course, when it came, I, you know, cleansed it and I purified it and I dedicated it. And then I put it with my other deck so that two of them could, you know, kind of share energy like here, I hand you the torch kind of a thing. And then I take it and I use it. Well, I used it on Monday. And um, the readings that I did, now obviously there's an overlay here of Mercury Retrograde, and I too Mm -hmm. was born on a Mercury Retrograde. And I'm a Sag, so, you know, generally speaking, it's not a bull in a china cupboard. It's more like a horse stomping on your head. Um, <laughs> I tend to say what I say, and it's like, and it's like somebody just got their head knocked in by a horse's hoof. Yeah. And so I have learned over the years, and especially since I got into doing the kind of work I've been doing, a, a, um, a better way <laughs> of yeah. delivering things, Okay which is good because that's, you know, um, growth and, and all of that. Yeah. This time it was the weirdest experience. I mean, I took the cards out. I, re- I did the, the, the spread I normally do. I started talking. And what came out was so, okay, truth, but it was like the naked truth. It was, mm. it was just. And it wasn't like I, I deliberately went out of my way to say, you know, you know in my head, I'm going, couldn't you have rephrased that a little gentler? And I'm like, <laughs> no. It just, I mean, and it happened with all three readings that I did that day. Totally different wow. subject matters. And it was just like, it brought out that side. It wasn't mean, obviously, and I wasn't looking to to do negative, you know, like, put you in your place because you don't get it right now, so get your shit together, you know, like slap, slap. But it was like so uh, there's no hiding from the light that just shone in there. If you want to hide, and I actually was saying that, if you want to not do it, that's fine. If you, you know, if you want to walk this direction, that's fine too. But it was, and I realized that that deck, however it connects with me and my spirit, was that yeah. kind of energy, and I, I yeah. backed away from it. I I didn't want to not use it. I just said, I need to understand this before I take any more people, you know, with this deck, talk, use this deck. So I, I used my other deck for the last two days that I was there. But um, it was really very defined, and I'm like, yeah. I've never... You know, I've usually, when I get to certain things, just like you do with certain clients, we kind of, we take the the the, uh, the kid gloves off, but we don't put boxing gloves on to beat the shit out of them and, you know, right, tell them the truth right. and, you know, what the cards are saying and blah. But it was so distinct, and I sat with mm. that for 
for like two days going, this is interesting. So I have to, you know, kind of approach this differently. So that was my, you know, like if you're talking about first light, I'm like, okay, increasing light. Let's Mm -hmm. not, you know, put it all on display at the moment. Let's see how this goes. So that was. I find that so interesting because I have that too with certain decks that they can just be like, you ready? Bam, bam, and smack you in the face with the with the reading. Like it just comes across so clear, and uh, and it can feel almost like aggressive, even. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. there's other decks where it's very soft and a little more gentle, and you know, a little more easy. And what's funny, at least for me, like I tend to use the more gentle decks when I read for other people, and if I read for myself, I tend to use the harsher decks. but see we and i can understand that i can truly get to that it's because we know we need the wake-up calls now we can't be pampered and babied and and coddled and and you know kind of you know put the training wheels on and run with the kid down the thing we just take the training wheels on and say go you know and but i am so glad you said that because i was sitting here going what the heck happened because mm-hmm. I've always read with a certain kind of deck, and then when it finally decides to tell me it's done, you know, the it will give me like the one I'm using now. I asked for specifically very clear um, message. This was the deck I was to use, and of course, it was it couldn't get any clearer than the little puppy on the the card, the fool, with a West Thailand terrier. So, and I own two, so <laughs> you know that was. That was like, yeah, okay, drop it in your lap. So this one was like, oh my God, what did I do? But yeah. um, that was that was the biggest thing for you know this this last period of time. The, the second biggest is that I finally have taken the step and I'm packing my house up. So it's not that I haven't cleared and organized and shrunk things down. It's that I'm literally getting boxes and packing them. But then. When I had my friend here at the house, my you know he was you know he's my flash renter, um, he was taking that room, so I didn't have any place to you know to do a lot of stuff except the closets that I had. And right. after he left, because I put the house up for sale as a, a mobile, um, it turned out that I looked at this and I I was being told that I need to start taking all my stuff down, all my, you know, artsy, well, it's ritualistic stuff, but, you know, everything needs to come out because they have to stage it in a neutral environment, so to speak. And I fought it. I, I brought things down, but I didn't take it away, you know, and I, I just couldn't seem to get that cut and dry. And then when he left and I started looking at this, I'm going, well, I don't have the money to put all of this in storage. I mean, logistically, I'm going to pack everything up and put it in storage and pay for storage plus pay for this plus, you know, I mean, like, I don't think this is going to work out. So I cleared out that room (laughs) and I literally floor to ceiling, it's going to become a storage unit. I mean, that's exactly it. And I told my, my real estate person, that is what I'm doing. So as far as the second room, when they show it, this is what you're going to see in there because that's become my storage unit. And so I started doing that and, um, you know, I've done a box a night. Um, I've got tons of books, and obviously the ones that I have pared down to have here before we got into ebooks books um, are ones that I want to keep because I know when I left 
the place I was living in before I came here, I pared down enormously as I had done once before. And so I was like, no, these are the ones I want. So, um, but it's been interesting because I went through all my craft stuff and um, threw away a shitload of, you know, like dead paint that, you know, Mm -hmm. because I hadn't seen it and used it for years. Um, And then I had, you're going to love this, only you because you know the way we do that candles are done through Lucky Mojo and the church. I had a huge box, well, not a huge box, but a a larger box of glitter, all kinds (laughs) of glitter. So I looked at this and I'm going, you know, I don't need to take this glitter. And if I want glitter... It's, they, they have places called, by the way, craft stores there, the innovation. Right. I can buy them, you know. So I drug this whole thing in and said to, you know, um, the manager of Lucky Mojo, here, I'd like to donate all of these for you. Would you like them? Oh, yes, we would. So it was kind of like <laughs> for the first time I felt, you know, like, oh, that was really, you know, it's going to go to the things that, you know, will be done. But that's been how this has been running. And um, I was hedging on all of the statues, all the altars that only have the statues on them now. They don't have all their doodads. And I have find, I went out and got all the boxes I could out of my little shed. And I have to go back and find some because I know I have the remainder for some of the statues. Some like... um, my Aphrodite and my Athena and I think my Artemis, believe it or not, all are ones that I bought from Morning Glory Zell. So mm, they didn't yeah. come with boxes because they were basically on show at whatever place and I just picked them up and she wrapped them in some wrapping paper and I went away with them. So Yeah. Um, but I talked to a very close spiritual advisor and friend and she mentioned something and it was it was what what was the small bit of sentencing put together with what we were discussing? And I yeah. felt completely comfortable literally now taking and putting my statues in their boxes and putting Good. them with their other stuff. So it was it was as if with the Mercury retrograde, things unlocked in terms yeah. of what this is. And um, it's kind of, you know, it certainly is a process, especially when you make your home your temple yeah. to dismantle it. Now, you know because you moved from one place to the new place you're in. Yeah. So Yeah, it's a lot. Know, it is a lot. And for it's funny because I'm going to be taking down some cloth in the bathroom. On, there's headers above certain things in there in the front bathroom, in the back bathroom, and <laughs> the woman that was the wife of the, the the couple here that I bought this place from was a painter, and she painted lighthouse scenes in all the bathrooms. Yeah. And when I came to take the place, I was going to paint over them, and it was as if I was told, do not, and I go, I, and then I kind of go, I can't do this. And yeah. so I've put cloth, draped it over it. So I'm going to, when I start breaking the bathrooms down, I'm going to do that. I have to tell my real estate person because he 
he doesn't know because he's never yeah. seen anything that was there except these, you know, pretty cloth and draped, you know, and all. So I'm yeah. thinking, well, it was a lighthouse for me. It will be the lighthouse for the person who comes here to buy it. So there you go. It's like reframing and rephrasing. So that's Mercury yeah. retrograde for me is, is, you know, doing that. So that may be like you're doing, working with your um, your edits. Your yeah, book. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, we need to get into um, our deity for the for the show. I mean, I know we're we're just can just go on about our our existence. <laughs> yes, yeah, we uh, actually did have something we were going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the truth. Okay, and it's the goddess Artemis, the Greek goddess Artemis. So I'm yes. going to turn the um, the preliminary beginnings over to you because I feel I've babbled on long enough. Oh, sure. Okay, well, then what I'm going to do is read this poem. <laughs> okay. Um, so I use this deck of cards called the Goddess Oracle Deck uh, by Amy Marinsky, um, or is that how you pronounce it? Marishinsky? Anyway, I love this deck. I've been using it for probably close to, to over 25 years. So I've been using this deck, and I... Um, pull a card at the beginning of the year for every month. And then for many years, I would do a four card draw on the first of every month. And I've kind of pulled away from that practice in the last couple of years, but I really love this deck and I refer to it a lot. Um, And it's different goddesses from different parts of the world. And Artemis is one of the goddesses. So I thought um, each goddess in this deck has a little poem, a little mythology, less than the meaning of the card, if you were to pull this card, what it would mean, and then a ritual that you can do with slash for this specific goddess. So um, there you have it. And the poem for Artemis, the energy this deck ascribes to her anyway, is selfhood. I am who I am, and I know who I am. I can take care of myself under all circumstances, and I can let others care for me. I can choose. There is no authority higher than my own. My powers of discernment are finely honed. I am autonomous. I am free from the influence of others' opinions. I am able to separate that which needs separation so a clear decision can be reached. I think for myself. I set my sights. I aim my bow. My arrow always finds their mark. Mm. There you go. Wow. That gave me chills, girl. And I know that yeah. deck, and I've pulled that card, So, but it was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I find Artemis to be one of the more interesting of the Greek gods because I feel like her energetic or her story or her whatever has been so pigeonholed into this, like, virgin huntress and I just feel like she's so much more complicated than that she there's just so much more to her than this like pigeonholed story which I find is true with a lot of Greek gods especially the women uh the female deities when they're supposed to represent a specific thing around sexuality like the whole idea of virginal is very problematic and doesn't mean what our modern minds mean it to think it means, you know, it's not about not having sex. It's about having choice and um, Mm -hmm. being autonomous 
uh, and not marrying even to a certain degree. And so there's, you know, there is this view of Artemis that she's this virgin, but no, she chooses who she engages with. She, she has full autonomy and her priestesses have the same. Oh yeah. Shit. That's it. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little speechless right now because that actually uh, puts perspective in mm-hmm. what we and take a bigger picture. What have we just been looking at in our country and what yeah. has happened and where um, where we are? I understand Black Lives Matter, but mm-hmm. think about the women that are black. And the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the power that was, you know, that they are truly pulling into now as opposed to what was, you know, taken completely and, you mm-hmm. know, away from them. And it's, yeah. it's interesting how this is a bigger picture. I didn't, you know, when we made the, the, the month's calendar, we were just yeah. like, trying to figure out things. And I think this is the same, this is going to be a year where what we do is probably going to be similar to what happened when we did the Tarot, the Nature Arcana, because there seems to be already a pattern and we need, like most of us that are trying to see patterns, uh, work with people. This is a pattern and I'm just, so that's why I'm Mm -hmm. babbling a bit here because this Mm -hmm. is a bigger point of reference and I'm like going, you just, just brought that out. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, she, she preferred to remain a maiden, quote unquote maiden, which many modern folks would read and think that means she decided to remain a virgin or to not have sex. But actually, she decided to remain unmarried to have complete control and autonomy over her future. Because in Greek society, for the most part, the ancient Greek society that was written about, we don't know how it was like before that, but the ancient Greeks women had a lot of rights, but they weren't equal to men. Uh, and right. so, you know, there's, there is this idea that um, her making that choice gave her more power. A woman who was widowed uh, or a woman who was never married had a lot more power than a woman who had a husband. <laughs> and so there is something to be said about not getting married and, losing some of your social status or power and you know one of the things I really find very interesting about Artemis is she is she is a goddess that is a caretaker of very specific situations for women she is helps to birth babies and you know she she is a twin right her brother is Apollo she was born first and then she helped to birth her brother she midwifed her own birth and, and helped her brother to be born, right? So, so she's called upon for women in, who are in labor to help their labors be easy. She's also called upon by women who have been sexually assaulted. She is the, the vengeful, wrathful goddess for women who have been assaulted. So there is this very interesting power of her of protecting women in circumstances that are... I want to say uniquely feminine, but that's not true because sexual assault happens to all genders. Um, but it's not just women who are assaulted that can go to Artemis. Anyone who's been assaulted can go to Artemis. So there is also this 
validation of pain. Labor and childbirth is painful. Dealing mm-hmm. with the aftermath of assault is painful. And, and she holds that. So, that, you know, there's this young, beautiful young woman who runs through the woods with her hounds. And, you know, there's like this free, useful energy about her. And mm-hmm. there's this very serious holding about her that right. I think gets overlooked, you know? I got strong opinion. Sorry. Well, and I happen to agree with that strong opinion because of the, you know, and we've done this in other times. We've talked about different goddesses, but, you know, virginal has never been really exactly what it was reframed when the patriarchy took over. It was to be a, you know, one unto yourself, meaning just what you have said. You are your own power. You are your own source. You are your own um, ruler of what you do, good and bad. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it has to be taken into consideration both sides. But um, she is, you know, a moon goddess. She is, you know, the the, uh, protectress of you know, young women, young girls, and working in that, she's also a protectress of the um, creatures out there, the, the animals. And, yes, yeah, she's also a huntress. She holds right. the dichotomy, which I find yeah. fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's important, right? Because, like all magic, in, in order to heal, you have to know what causes harm. You know, if you drink, mm-hmm. I always use peppermint as an example, Peppermint tea can help settle your stomach, but if you drink too much of it, it can give you a stomach ache, right? You have mm-hmm. to know the two sides. It's two sides of one coin. And so, you know, I have found in my life the handful of hunters that I know, like I know some badass women, pagan, witchy hunters, but I also know like what the more typical mainstream kind of beer drinking, uh, blue collar guy hunter. And my experience has been those dudes and the badass women hunters that are pagan and witches are the strongest conservationists I know because they understand the life and death cycle of the animals that they're hunting. They understand the importance of taking care of the meat and the hide and and what is left over. And I think that's really important to have true respect. You know, I have no judgment. I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, but I was for many years. But it doesn't matter what you eat, you are taking the life of something, whether that's a plant or an animal. You mm-hmm. you are impacting the life of another creature, another living creature. And mm-hmm. so there is something to be said about having reverence and respect and understanding that cycle. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a part of that energy, understanding the cycle. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's it's, because you see what we are reawakening to in our own world, and we are also have been, for those of us who have come into witchcraft, you know, paganism, um, indigenous cultured uh, traditions that may be part of our own genetic heritage, it's, it's like finding a new part of the uh, process to bring back, it's an old thing, but to bring back out and rebirth it 
and mm-hmm. the the power of the life death process and understanding the balance and I mean it is so important whether we are a devotee of Artemis or we are just out there doing our own thing, we need to be very mm-hmm. aware of that. It's, um, it's interesting. In the last probably three weeks, um, and it's that's also interesting, uh, my daughter and her direct family, there are three mm-hmm. cats that have passed. Mm, had that's pass. hard. Um, uh, from one reason or another, one was because it had been attacked by a, mm. a larger animal. Another one because he was old, and you know the other one was pretty much the same thing. And one of the things about Artemis is she is attached to cats now, not just dogs mm-hmm. and the hounds and and all that. And of course, translation-wise, moving her into the Egyptian pantheon, she. You know, again, they like to equate things, whether they're real or not. Yeah. But you know, the, right. the, the goddess Bost being the cat goddess. Um, but she, I think it's because cats are independent. They come, they go. They do their thing. You know, you, you're mm-hmm. you're a human. You're my, my subject. You know, you will feed me and you will, you know, whatever, and then I'll walk away from you. Um, yeah. So I can understand why there is a, a connection with that. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that in in my environment, the cycle of death has taken place as part of the animal life process. And I was just, it was, it was something because I know it affected my daughter and her, the family members there. And I know how it affected me when things have happened to my animals. And yet mm-hmm. as, a, as a caretaker, as a, a protector of animals, there's a time to know when endings are important just as much as the joy of beginnings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and what I find fascinating about her, too, in, in the history of her, is it's very likely she's a pre-Greek goddess because they don't mm-hmm. really know the origins of her name. Her name doesn't specifically translate to anything that you would expect based on some of the other gods, so she's probably one of the oldest. There is mm-hmm. one theory that she comes from some, like, bear cults and that um, the, the Arcturus, that mm-hmm. old word for bear is related mm-hmm. to her. There's also some belief that she may have been worshipped in Minoa and Crete, where there is mm-hmm. like really old, old, old um, goddess worship that's been connected, you know, um, what is the word, archaeologically, right? So we don't mm-hmm. really know how old she is. We don't really know where her origins are. We know that it's likely pre-Greek. And it's oh, even possible that it's pre-Greek from a few different places that sort of came together. It could be part Minoan, part Sagrian, part Persian. Yeah, all these places came, burst out of that into Greek mythology. But, you know, in Greek mythology, she is the daughter of Zeus. Uh, and she is the daughter of Leto, Leto. Um, you know, so that's that's important to know if you're feeling the vibe of Artemis, that she is the child of Zeus, like, and, you know, who isn't? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. There is something about the, the um, what is it, genealogy. I have to get my right yeah. words. The genealogy is that, yes, her mother is Leto or Leto, and yeah. um, 
the uh, father, of course, is Zeus, but you go back farther. Her mother, the great, was it the grandmother, was Phoebe. She was a great titaness, the daughter of Uranus and Gaia. Yeah. Okay, so she is, the energy that Artemis holds is from farther back. And so in reality, there is that to be said. You've got, you know, you know this is, and by virtue of a story or myth, it just tells you this is what they did to say this is where she came from. She came from a way far back culture and over here in Indo, you know, Europe or Indo-Asia or whatever, and then it came over here and then it did this and it did. So they, they made people's names or names to do that to give you the idea. So that kind of, you know, I don't want to say confirms, but helps build the case that you are yeah. presenting, that there is, yes, yeah, she does have a Olympian dad and a human mother, as a lot of them do. Yeah. <laughs> But and there's something even farther back. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's um, and there's not a lot of um, stories, myths that survive about her childhood. It's it's she sort of like comes into story and mythology more fully formed and fully realized, which is another interesting reason that that she's likely older because there's just there's mm-hmm. no like coming of age really coming of age mm-hmm. tales with her um mm-hmm. and she she was very competitive she was right. very competitive and especially with her brother she wanted to have more epithets than her brother she wanted to have a city that dedicated themselves to her she wanted to rule all the mountains uh, it, it, there was lots of things like this she had a list of goals that she wanted to achieve which would have set her very apart from women in classic Greece you know, that's not something that most women were allowed to do, you know, occasionally. That wasn't necessarily always the, the situation, but, um, you know, so there's just a, there's a, there's a different energy than this soft and your feminine energy that you might expect from a goddess. And that's true in a lot of Greek goddesses. And I think, you know, a lot of our modern world is really based off of Greeks, you know, like a lot of what we take for granted right now comes from the Greeks and the Romans if you rewind the tape far enough you know Um, Mm -hmm. but I like that about her I like that she's kind of pushy and a little bit mean I I find her Mm -hmm. energy to be very pushy and a bit aggressive and mean Um, and I I, I know that not all people experience her that way but I do (laughs) well I mean she was she was the war goddess, the war mother in yeah. for the Amazons and the Spartans. I think, you know, she she you know, they had orgiastic dancing, so obviously those you know, for the version they called Artemis there, um, she definitely had the the ancient uh, and you did mention the, the she, you know, the bear and the she bear and Ursula mm-hmm. Major and you know these are the stars and the pole star and I mean there's all these things that that pull her into a very um, energized woman slash goddess that yeah. far exceeds the demure uh, aspects of Greece and then into Rome. 
happening. Because obviously, just as a sidebar, she becomes Diana um, in Rome, mm-hmm. in Roman times. Right. Of course, her place there was a Theseus and then Nemi. And I swear I wanted to go there when I was um, on my way to Sicily. I was so adamant and I never made it to the to the area of Nemi and the lake and, and all that where the temple, that her main temple. Because that is where Aradia comes into mm-hmm. being. And we've talked about that particular individual female yeah. deity or, or human slash demigod. Uh, but Artemis is so much more than, as you say, what they put out. And yeah. she has so much more power. And as you say, yeah. it's raw. It's yeah. raw. It's not so civilized that no. they're with your teacup. <laughs> no, and the Greeks weren't. Like if you re- if you're into the Greek mythology, you know it's not like and this perfect goddess was so nice and benevolent, very like flawed. I swear to God, I say this every time I teach about the Greeks. If you read Greek myth, it's like the soap operas of the time. They are yeah. all having sex, they're all raping each other, they're all punishing each other and aggressive and talking smack around each other's backs. And there, the, the thing also, I, and I'm always reminded of this when I go to research any goddess, there's also conflicting stories. You know, one story says, well, she killed, she killed Orion with a scorpion. And then another story says, no, no, it was Apollo because he was jealous and he killed Orion with a scorpion. So how does this happen? Well, because we think of Greece as one monolith. So if it's a Greek myth, it comes from Greece. But remember, in the ancient world, the the world was much bigger. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the villages and the cities and the townships of Greece were very far apart. You couldn't get from one side of Greece to the other in a car like you can today. You could go, you could travel in practically one day from one side of Greece to the other. You can't, you couldn't have done that in the ancient world. It would have taken days or weeks. And so one city in town have had, would have one version of Artemis and another city in town would have a different version. And there would be some similarities, but, you know, we as modern people, our world has gotten a lot smaller. And so we just sort of squeeze that all together and say, it's Greek. Uh, and so we have <laughs> to remember it's much more complicated than that. It's much bigger yeah. than that. It's much more varied than that. Which one's true? All of them. Exactly. Right? You have to find your way through it. And I really do feel like she shows up differently for different people. I know quite a few people who work with Artemis in a devoted relationship. I do not. I, I like her. We're friendly. But she, I'm not devoted to her. But I find that she shows up different. Like the Artemis who killed Orion shows up for some people. And the Artemis who was accidentally killed Orion shows up for others. And then the Artemis who's beloved Orion was taken from her by her brother shows up to others. So all of those pieces of her are true. It's just how you interact with her will be different. And you got to figure that out for yourself. It's very individual. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It has, um, you know, they talk about the different things that um, she has in her, her, what you call on her for. We've mentioned, yeah. obviously, you mentioned uh, childbirth and, um, you know, young ch- young girls, young children, but young ch- uh, ch- girls or those violated, um, mm-hmm. in, have been violated. Uh, she also is, um, she works with the, um, 
her version is she is the female the the young version of Hakate. She is the the um she is a destroyer like we talked about like you were mm-hmm. talking about being brutal in certain kinds of hunts, but she protects she will not hunt pregnant um animals or ch- or or, or uh, you young the young yeah you know it's yeah. never that she so even in her more aggressive side as a huntress she has a code and that goes back to what you were saying that you know the people that are more conservationist are actually the people that are the most you know into i don't say every one of them but a lot of them that are the true hunters and then people that have gone and do that but there's a code that they follow and it right. think harkens back to you know, something of this nature where Artemis had a, her code. She was definitely strong in terms of that. And, you know, so, yeah, I think there's yeah. uh, many things that go, that make her up. And that's because she's been collected, I think, in, as you say, all the different little city states, which is right. interesting because if you take that, and then we'll probably need to break for a commercial. Yeah, we should probably um, take a break. Uh, is that the United States has so many different states. We have 50 states that are official. And in those 50 states, we have different versions of different ways to handle things or see things or that. Sometimes we have a little similarity, like, you know, um, California, Washington, and Oregon, or Mm -hmm. uh, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky, you know. But in reality, they do have all of it. So if you think of putting all of those together in one idea, that's how right. Artemis became. Exactly. And that's my exactly. Conjecture. Yeah, that's a great but way we need of saying it. Well, it's because I was beginning to see, I guess it's because there's so much going on in our present day that yeah. creates, you know, our in our face. And when we talk about things, even if they're ancient, what is it that came from that time frame that you can look at? And it's like, oh, yeah. there you are. Yep. Okay. So let's do our commercial. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Literally. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. That was fun. Yep. A minute. It was a minute. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) we've we've survived so many permeations of that particular... is there anything you want to throw in? Because obviously we are nearing our time, but I want to kind of 
back off and figure if there's something you want to talk about because I think you started out really with a great thing and it's really pushed us into uh, a great talk of Artemis. Yeah, well, you know, okay, so two things I think would be good for us. Well, three, three things I think would be good for us to talk about. I always like to just throw a few epithets out there because especially with the Greek gods, they have so many epithets. <laughs> and this kind of gives you a vibe of, of more information. It, we, it would be fun maybe to mention a few feasts or feast holidays or whatever if we got that info. And then maybe if you're feeling the call of Artemis, how might a modern practitioner get involved? Um, so if you don't mind, I have some epithets right here. I'll, I'll just throw a few of them out if you, if we're, Go for if you feel okay with that. Okay. I so feel let's okay. see. Um, one of her epithets was Aristo, so Athena Aristo. That was came from Athens, most likely, and it means the best, which I just love. That's so much. It's hilarious. Um, Atole, which means those who throw the javelin. Um, Artemis Orthea. Uh, this probably is a very place name, like it comes from the original villages where she was born. Agroterra. This is the patron goddess of the hunters, Agatera. Cynthia, because she was yeah. born on Mount Cynthus. So if you are named Cynthia, that is a direct descendant from Artemis. Um, Amaranthia, which is a festival for, that was held for her in Amaranthus, another location name. She's got a lot of location names. And as I mentioned earlier, that was one of her goals, right? She wanted to have mm-hmm. more location names than anyone else. And she definitely mm-hmm. does. Um, Oh, and weirdly, like, I don't know if this is intentional or not. A lot of her epithets start with the letter A, which I've not found to be true for other Greek gods. I don't know what that's about. I just find it interesting. Um, Artemis Anaitis, which is believed to be, quote, unquote, the Persian version of Artemis. Uh, <laughs> Artemis Taroopoulos, the, because she was worshipped at Taurus. Uh, pulled by uh-huh. the yoke of the bulls, uh, the hunting bull goddess. All of these things are connected to that Torahopolos thing. Bulls were big in um, um, Crete. So this uh-huh. is another like nod to the potential Cretan or origins. Uh-huh. Um, also, epithet Shitoni. Uh, this could be derived from Shitone, which is a goddess an older goddess who would wear the clothes of a huntress. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a few. Feeling the vibe of Artemis and you want to check it out. Start with uh, some epithets. that can be really right. interesting. All right. All right. Well, I know she, you know, and as evolved, she, there were the sacrifices of the humans, you know, the, mm-hmm. the male god, the stag, you know, the, the concept of the consort dying at the, you know, halfway mark of the year, things of that nature, to finally going to where only a small cut was made at the neck to, in you know, as a, you know, like an incision, you know, not an incision, but just a, a swift moment there to point out that you were, you know, you had sacrificed to the goddess. Um, yeah. So, you know, as culture shifted, as time shifted, <clears throat> there were different things, but she was called the bull slayer. So obviously she did have, you know, some origins over in Crete and, and that area. Mm-hmm. But um, I agree with you. Those are wonderful. Those are great. 
Yeah. So lead on for the next one. You have three things that you had an idea on. I'm going to let you go with them. Yeah, okay. So these, uh, the festivals that I have are not translated into a modern calendar, so you're going to have to look this up if you're feeling it. Um, But there is the Festival of Artemis in Balron, where young girls would dress in saffron robes and pretend to be bears. And this was believed to appease the goddess. The, this Apparently this town had been decimated by a plague and they killed a bear in her honor and then everyone, the plague went away. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the festival of Amaricia uh, in Attica, they uncovered just in 2007 the ruins of this temple. And so there is um, festivals that are celebrated in that location uh, on the 16th day of Metagenitio, which is the second month in the Athenian calendar, there was a sacrifice given to Artemis and Hecate at the same time. Um, the sixth day of the third month celebrates a battle victory. It's considered the Athenian version of Thanksgiving. So that's kind of fun. The sixth <laughs> or the sixth, yeah, right. The sixth or the 16th day of the 10th month in the Athenian calendar is a celebration to her as the goddess of nature and a goat was sacrificed to her. And then day six, so you can see six is a number related to Artemis because this repeats over and over again. Sixth day of the 11th month is considered to be her birthday, while the seventh day is Apollo's birthday. Uh-huh. So yeah. there you go. I do yeah. not have the translation of our modern calendar with the Athenian calendar, but I know that's not hard to find. So if you want to I honor think, Artemis, do it. Mm-hmm. And it does say the one thing that I did find about festivals, and I didn't tell me what, but yeah. February 12th is a festival to her. And then the sixth day from the new moon is when you can also honor her in a more sequential time frame. So there you that go. Is Six our days calendar. again. Yep, yeah, there it, it is. That's it. Uh huh. So, wow. Okay. And. What was the last thing that you said? I got so excited about all the stuff that you've been talking about. I'm like, I'm forgetting to take notes on what you did. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. so modern practitioner, if you're feeling yes. curious about Artemis, if you're vibing with her, if you want to reach out to her from a spiritual place, a spiritual perspective, then, you know, you if you've heard us talk about goddesses before, it, the formula is the same, right? Start learning, read books read websites um, get older books read like you know um, the writings of Orpheus and some of these other older Greek um, writers and poets and see what they have to say about Artemis find other modern Hellenistic Hellen, Hellenic however you might say that I'm not going to say it right practitioners and, and see how they work with Artemis make space for her set up an altar for her let her know that you would like to engage in a relationship. Find, you know, see what kind of um, reaction you get to creating a space for Artemis, making her an altar, calling on her, giving her offerings. That's big with the Greek gods. You have to give them offerings, and that could be food or incense or alcohol or water, uh, but you want to make sure you're giving offerings on the daily basis um, when you start courting a god like Artemis to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because Artemis has been, um, 
I have this statue, and, and as I said, I had three statues that I had gotten from Morning Glory Sale, and two of them were sculpted, and I think they were um, they were made out of resin, but uh, more poured. The other one was um, porcelain or clay. Anyway, she fits on the altar of all of my animals. So all of my animals that have passed, um, I have most of them that I have cremated. I've got their ashes, and they have their little boxes. And so they are all sitting on this big, huge altar that has Artemis sitting there. And she is part Mm -hmm. of the energy that I work with, with my, with my particular uh, animals. Of course, I also have, I have a um, taxidermied fox because fox is important to me. And um, <laughs> my, one of my ex-boyfriends named him Skippy and never liked him and actually broke up with me because I had gotten him. So obviously mm. I'm really happy about that. But Skippy hangs out with, with Artemis. So <laughs> I have nice. that. So, yeah, so I, but I work with her specifically um, with my animals, and I have found that she um, she does tend to, you know, get that that energy with me. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, there's lots yeah. of ways to connect, yeah. and it will be different for everyone, but it's good to mm-hmm. get, you know, your feet wet with some, some more ancient texts because I find that, um, you know, and even with that, you got to take it out with a grain of salt. Remember, you're looking at something ancient with a modern perspective, so you're gonna miss nuance. Right. You're you're gonna miss, you know, like think of all the inside jokes. If you've ever spoken to someone whose first language isn't English, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they they miss out on sarcasm or nuance or inside jokes, or even if it's an inside joke from a different friend group. Someone might be like, oh, yeah, I remember that salmon, and everyone's, like, cracking up, and you're like, what, what is so funny about salmon? And mm-hmm. you make the inside mm-hmm. joke because you weren't part of it. You missed the right. nuance. You, you don't have a filter for that joke. It's the same thing right. as looking at ancient stuff. We miss the nuance. We miss the inside jokes. We miss the subtext because we don't know it. We have to mm-hmm. remember that, too. Right. But, yeah. Right. So, yeah. I so recommend the- reaching out. Yeah, finding finding things that that speak to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you said the Oracle deck. There are a couple of different versions of Oracle decks, but of the goddesses. But I, you know, there's a lot out there to find, and then it's you know sift through what talks to you, what feels most poignant, and then right. it may change as you work with the, with the goddess, as you explore, because we, you know, exploring and growing is the whole point. We're never going to be the person we were, you know, a year ago, because there's been so yeah. much that happens in our lives personally that creates our own personal growth. So the same thing is right. with you're working with a, a deity, be it Artemis or another one. So. Yep, exactly. Oh, well, we are, and we made it. I mean, we made this. We are at 2 o'clock. Yeah, perfect. We did. Now, obviously, next week we are going to be doing Apollo, her brother. So yeah. We're very um, equim- was it equiminical. Um, yeah. yeah. We we balance it out. You know, we're going to do one and the other, so we make sure we we feel comfortable here. Um, we're not all one, but yeah. So next week we will be doing Apollo. That's right. Yeah, and we will be doing uh, Ask a Witch in the coming weeks. So 
if you would like to have us talk about any specific topic, if you've got questions related to your path or something you would like us to respond to, feel free to go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there's a little form you can fill out to have a question submitted for the show. So try that, and next week we'll see you again or chat with you again about more Greek stuff. More Greek stuff. We're in the Greek in the Greek. All yeah. right, my dear, you have a good week. I will talk you to too. you later. Have and everyone enjoy. We've got sun here in southern in in Northern California. I'm thinking Southern California. My God. <laughs> Anyhow, um, have, be safe. Take care, and we'll see you on the radio. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.